this episode. How do you get ideas adopted? Don't push me to the edge. Oh, yeah. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Run DMC, hip-hop's first, you know, sort of superstars. They couldn't even get their music played on the radio. Paired Run DMC with Aerosmith, Walk This Way. And these new styles just became everything. The wall coming down. Similar enough to be listened to, different enough to be heard. You know, if something's really new, it's scary on the one hand, but at the same time, it's exciting. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan. And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And Sean, it's your turn in the chair. It's your story this week. So what do you got for us? Well, I've got a, a story that um, is all about how do you get ideas adopted, I suppose. Um, but let me let me preface this story by um, a memory I had uh, this morning after hearing this story. I was thinking about the first time I ever heard hip-hop music. Do you remember the first time you ever heard hip-hop music, Mark? No, I don't. Yeah, well, I remember... Not at all. I remember really clearly, uh, it was 1982, I was on a geography excursion heading down to the south coast of New South Wales, and the song was, it was called The Message, but it's better known by the lyric, Don't Push Me To The Edge. Oh, yeah. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, right? Right. And I heard that song, it was in the bus, uh, and a guy called Andrew Mueller was playing this song, and... Um, I must admit, it was nothing like I'd ever heard, right? It felt a bit dangerous. Uh, and quite frankly, I didn't quite get it, right? It was just so different to what I was used to. Um, and it turns out that in the early 80s, the mainstream, uh, for the mainstream, hip-hop really wasn't considered even music, right? Um, Run DMC, which, you know, you could arguably, arguably sort of say hip-hop's first you know, sort of superstars, they couldn't even get their music played on the radio. Not that it was hard to get played on the radio. It was actually not in the realm of possibility for them to get it played on the radio, right? Now, lucky for them, they had a producer who was a bit of a genius, a guy called Rick Rubin. Oh, right. Right. Yeah, you know. he's the guy that does the podcast with Malcolm Gladwell on music, isn't he? Is that right? That's right, exactly. And he's yeah. also the guy who did a really good... Um, uh, documentary with Paul McCartney uh, uh, just fairly recently in the last year or two. But he kicked off, his, his career started, I think, with Run DMC. And um, and he came up with this idea because he could see that people couldn't really hear what they were doing as music. So what he did was he paired Run DMC with Aerosmith and they did a reproduction of Aerosmith's song, Walk This Way. Right, which had been a number ten hit, you know, on the Billboard, you know, ten years earlier, and the idea was if he could pair it, maybe people would actually cross that gap and go, oh, what I'm listening to is actually music, right? And that's why he kind of specifically chose "Walk This Way" because it was a big hit and it was rock and roll music. It was something everyone, you know, sort of very familiar with, right? Well. Here's, I don't know if you've ever seen the um, the video clip. It's just a classic. You know, got this wall down the middle, and on one side you've got Aerosmith, and on the other side you've got Run DMC, and they're sort of playing back and forwards. It's sort of like a, a call and respond type thing, and it's and then eventually the wall gets torn down, and they're playing this song together. And 
after they did that, which is in 1986, you know, just before the song, essentially hip hop was regarded as pretty much a small underground community, you know, independent labels, scrappy promoters. It was just, um, you know, a, a the small, old garage band stuff. It was, yeah, it was garage band stuff. But after Walk This Way, it just totally transformed. It became a massive genre. Uh, as we know it today, right, it would soak itself into every element of culture, you know, whether it was music and film and fashion and politics, you know, it, you know, sort of hip hop and, and rap and, and and these new styles just became everything. And it kind of hinges on that move that Run DMC did with Aero, Aerosmith back in 1986. I love this. This is a great story. Where did you hear it? Where did I hear it? I tell you where I heard heard it, and that is, I get this newsletter from a guy called Billy Oppenheimer, and Billy Oppenheimer is a great little newsletter to find. You know, sort of, I'll put a link into our show notes because he sends like five little snippets, and they're nearly always stories, and they're this type of stuff. I love this sort of stuff. Mm. I love I love pop culture. I love music. I love you know all that element, and and if it can create a business point. Even better, right? Yeah, we should do a shout out to him and put his uh, details in the show notes for anybody oh. who wants to. Uh, uh, Maybe you can come out and tell us another story from his on the podcast. Bass collection, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah somebody was talking done. to me, and I've, I've actually meant to do this a number of times. There's a podcast which is something like 50, 50 songs that changed history, like right, okay. pivotal, pivotal, pivotal songs in the history of music, and I was, you know, I, I was wondering if that was where you had heard it because to me that. That song would be a potential one of those really pivotal pivotal moments. In, yeah, in- yeah. Well, I, it turns out that there's a, a I mean, Oppenheimer. He, you know, he's like us. He's trawling through books to find stories, and he drew that story from a book that's just come out called "Walk This Way." Era, run DMC, Aerosmith, and the song that changed American music forever. Right. Oh. So you know, it was uh, a guy called Jeff Edges is is I think fairly recently um, written that book. So there's a whole book on that, right? So yeah. there's one topic. So how do you take a book and crunch it down into one little story? I mean, Oppenheimer did a, a great job to get it to a certain point, and then I sort of tried to give an oral version of that. Um, so yeah, let me tell me what you think. What what bits stood oh, out well, for you? So, what bits so, do you like? Uh, look, I I I thought that the question that you asked me at the start that led to your experience on the bus. Uh, and the first time you heard hip hop, yeah. I thought that set it up really well. So, uh, I mean, for me, I don't remember, but it, no. you, 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 by telling that little snippet, yeah, you, you amplified that it was so different. It was a completely, you know, like so uh, that because part of the point is that hip hop couldn't even get a uh, couldn't even a, get a play on the radio. Yeah, yeah. so yep. uh, I really like that. So the uh, you know Aerosmith, I like you know the fact that it was Aerosmith. Um, and the I could I'm going to go and watch the video clip as soon as I possibly can. I'm going to go and get it on YouTube. Yeah. And um, the wall coming down and then playing together. Oh, I want to see that. Right. I yeah, want to yeah. see that. Right. No, yep. I can picture that happening. Um, so I really like that. And uh, the what one final one was the you know the the genius of Rick Rubin pairing it with something, and I was reminded of the saying of similar enough to be listened to, different enough to be heard. Yes, yes. In fact, there was a couple of threads like that 
that sparked from this story for me. So, so you're referring to uh, the 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 work by Raymond Lowry, you know, the U.S. Mm-hmm. sort of industrial designer from the '50s and '60s, who came up with a whole new way of of designing and and taking that phrase essentially as his mantra, and um, and he was trying to make the point that you know if something's really new, it's scary on the one hand, but at the same time it's exciting. So if you want to sell something that's boring, you've got to make it interesting. If you want to sell something that's interesting, you've got to connect it to something that's known and boring, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's what these guys were doing in bridging this gap, you know, so it's hmm. fascinating. Yeah. So what about you? What did you like? Um, I guess for me, I the bit that I, I, I'm glad I remembered that little anecdote of on the bus. I could really remember it. I can picture it so clearly. It's, and I, and I'm, and I hadn't told that story for, well, I've never told that story, right? Until just then, right? Because I only thought of that uh, recently. And I was amazed that Andrew Mueller's name popped in my head. Yes, popped in your head. Like, but So I you must be able I, to picture that moment. Like oh, you must be able to picture it. I can picture so and feel it. I can feel that mm. moment, right? I was sitting up the back of the bus. You know, he was pumping away, had a big sort of boom box on his shoulder sort of thing and pumping this music out. And, you know, we're all sort of pretending we were getting into it. But at the same time, I'm going, I don't get it. It's so foreign, you know. So um, it, it was a really remarkable uh, sort of moment. So, yeah, I'm glad I popped that in. And I did that because the way Oppenheimer jumps into the his story he just sort of says look in the 1980s hip-hop was not a thing and i wanted some way to give because i you know that's my era right that's the era of you know when i was in high school um so i wanted to make some connection there yeah Um, and it's a good example of you know if you you state something as an assertion or assert something as a statement then it has less impact than if you give an example and help people picture it and feel it. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's the key point, isn't it? And the other thing that was going through my mind as I was telling that, um, two things really. I've only recently started to realise who Rick Rubin is, right? So if I was to tell this story even five years ago, he would have been a nobody to me. I don't have a... Now I have a picture of this guy with a big beard, he's balding, crazy hair um you know so i've got this image in my mind of rick rubin and and also the there the variety of bands that he is the oyster cult was that one of his oh i don't know i think that's too early the oyster cult but he he had like um uh let me see uh, i'm gonna i'm gonna not get it, but i'm just you know the variety of bands it was is from the 80s yeah. onwards right um eminem you know, for example, was one of his that he produced a couple of his records. Um, so I got that picture in my in my mind. And also I got a picture of, because, I, you know, MTV, of course, was playing in high rotation, uh, you know, the Walk This Way, the Run DMC version of Walk This Way. And so I've got that picture in my head. So those three things, I think, helped tell the story. Um, what would, Is there anything in the story that, I don't know, sort of, didn't ring true or was it problematic in any way? As a- no, so look, I, 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 I had no, none of those little moments where I, you know, none of yeah. them at all. Like right. It, it, it was really smooth telling. I okay. really, really liked it. Cool. 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 Okay. Well, let's get straight into um, business points then, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What's, I mean, 
I think we've already touched on one of the big business points. You know, if something's unusual, how do you connect it to something that's usual to make a change? This is sort of our change management, right? This, yeah. this story. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. And particularly if you've got something that's a that that is a, a, a substantial change, connecting it to something known and familiar can help people adopt it. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember years ago, Mark, we got really excited by the work of uh, Dr. Everett Rogers? Oh, yeah, the Iowa corn farmers. That's right. And yeah. so it's almost like the same story. If you if you if you don't know this story, if you searched our blog, you'll find it. Just search Dr. Uh, Everett Rogers, uh, and you'll find the story of of how he did essentially what Rick Rubin did, but with Iowa corn farmer uh, corn farmers, yeah, uh, trying to introduce a new uh, species of corn and just yeah, and it was a much better species of corn, right? It was much oh yeah yeah much better. That's right. Couldn't but get people, it adopted. People said, yeah, off you go, because he was nothing like them. That's it. Um, so that yeah, so there's lots of these, you know. So they're the biz. That's the business point, I suppose. It's the main yeah. business point. Is there any other business point that we could pull out? Do you think from this story? Oh, um, uh, maybe for a more a generic one. It's the same theme, but just more generic. Which is uh, think differently. <laughs> I was thinking exactly the same. Think differently. Oh, yeah. uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> no, no, the no, no. You weren't. You weren't thinking that. <laughs> Uh, that's um, all I've got in terms of business points. Yeah. Okay. Good. Well, means time to give it a score. Yeah. yeah I think, think from last week, we realized we do favor our own scores, but don't let that get in your way of giving this a score, Mr. Shank. Well, I'm going to give it an eight, but I'm going to caveat by saying I will have to listen to the episode. A, a few times put the notes into my uh put the podcast i'll i'll, I'll clip the uh the, the transcript into my uh, uh evernote my yep. story bank mm -hmm. and i'll need to practice it a couple of times so uh not so much for the business point but because it's such an interesting story yeah we can tell this story anyway right yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah okay i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna give it an eight and a half I'm always, I want to say nine, but I don't know. I've never given much a nine. Um, but yeah, eight and a half. That's that's a that's a good story. I'm actually looking forward. I haven't told it to anyone beyond you, so I need to um, spread the word on this story. Spread the word. Yeah. Okay, guys, another story to put in your story bank. I hope you enjoyed that. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening in to Anecdotally Speaking. And of course, tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now. Anecdotally speaking, was engineered by Dave Stokes from author to audio. <laughs>